0: Hello, and welcome to Vintage Lesbians, a podcast of friendship and queer history where we try to set the record a little less straight. I am Shan, one of your hosts. And I'm Allison, the other one of your hosts. And this is Vintage Lesbians.
1: Yay! Now, Shan, I have a couple of questions for you. I may have answers. Alright, um, my first question is why is this called Vintage Lesbians? Um,
0: because we're going to talk about queer history. Okay, so we're talking about lesbians. No, we are going to talk about... All manner of queer folk throughout history, whether they identify as women or not.
1: Okay. Okay, I'm on board. I am um, going to see if I can follow you guys on Twitter. Vintage lesbians. Oh, no. and,
0: uh, Oh, 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 God, that's a that's a lot of porn. Yeah, no, it's all porn right now. That's the other reason we're called vintage lesbians is we're going to be number one in the search terms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you have safe search on, it's going to be just us uh maybe that's a little manipulative oh well also we thought it was funny and cute anyway vintage lesbians
1: yeah mm-hmm. okay I'm on board and um
0: my second question I'm ready. is
1: um who are you and why should I care
0: I'm I'm Shan and you should care because I'm nice okay Okay. Oh, oh, also, I'm super, super queer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't want to be like
1: rude or step on any toes or anything like that.
0: Yeah. You know? So, um, Not that it's rude. No. As a, like, okay. on the broader sense, I'm a queer pansexual person. If you get a little more specific, I'm a, a high femme boy. Always been super gay. Didn't really know it till recently. Well, I kind of always knew, but didn't. This 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 identity now that I'm sitting in that feels good. You know my skin doesn't itch anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, this feels this feels good, and this is very new. This is like within the last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Who are you? Nice. Oh, my name is
1: Allison. Um, I'm also nice. So yeah, that's that's me. Oh, also I'm also very queer. Oh, okay, yeah. awesome. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I haven't been out as long uh, to other people or to myself. It's been to Myself, like I don't know, it was, it was several years, yeah. but uh, to other people, it's been anywhere between like two years to a couple months, depending on the person. So, I'm still at the beginning of my journey of self discovery. Right now, I just sort of say I'm queer in any sense that you want to define it, and it's been working for me. And I use she, 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 her, what pronouns do I use? Help me, I use she, her, you use pronouns. She, her pronouns.
0: Yes, Allison uses she, her pronouns. I shan't use he they pronouns. So what I did there is I tried to say all the pronouns at once. You did. <laughs> yeah. I liked it. I thought you were doing a great job. Thank you. Um so the way this podcast is going to work every week um one of us or both of us will be doing some research into a a queer figure from history or an influential figure from history who history misremembers as straight, um, and bring it in and uh, kind of teach each other a little bit and talk about how we feel about that person. Um, while we are going to do research and try to be as accurate as possible, neither of us are historians. I don't really know how to do research all that well. And this is a podcast. What I'm trying to say is don't cite us in your research papers. I was literally just about to say you shouldn't cite us in our research papers. We are using research papers that you can cite, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if we will be citing them below because I've already lost two of the ones that I use. (laughs) Yes, that's fair. I had a lot of tabs open this morning. Um, So so today we have both done some research. Mm -hmm. Um, I am going to be talking about Sappho of Lesbos. And I'm going to be talking about my best friend and
1: girlfriend, Emily Elizabeth Dickinson. I didn't know you were dating.
0: Yeah, it's very exciting. It's kind of new. Um, Mm. Sorry about the thumps. We record in my uh, home studio and I do have neighbors. Also, we're best friends. We are. Yeah, Allison, Allison and Shan are, in fact very yeah. good, uh, best friends. It, it is a tier, tier, not a title. Not a title. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we decided to do this because we, uh, we both are really, we like, we just like to learn new things, I mm-hmm. think. And also community is important and history is a huge part of our community. And I don't know about you, Allison, but I often feel very, very disconnected from my queer history because I do not have elders. Yeah. Cause right when I was a baby, a little girl, before I knew I was a boy, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, they all kind of died, mm-hmm. you know, with the, 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 the one.
1: Yeah. The the, the
0: big AIDS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was AIDS. it was AIDS. Uh, so yeah, my I, I, um, my, my uncle actually died in the, in the AIDS epidemic or the AIDS mm-hmm. crisis, whatever one, whichever one you want to call it. And I'm pretty sure he was my only other queer family member. I'm just now realizing how angry I am about that because I needed him and I need mm-hmm. him still. Um, so I think part of why I'm doing this is to just feel some kind of connection to my own history.
1: Yeah. I definitely feel that. I, um, it's, I'm um, i probably not the only queer person in my entire history of my family. But oh, God, as no. Far <laughs> as, <I> know, <laughs> as far as I know, I've just sprung forward from a long line yeah. of,
0: you know... Straight. Straight cis wasps. hmm mm-hmm. oh. Yeah. I, well, I mean... Not all. My, my uncle is the only... He, he was the only other out person. I'm mm. I'm out to my family. I've been out to... I've been out on Facebook for ages, and if, if they don't know I'm gay now, it's like, get yes. your head out of your ass. Not paying attention. Um, seriously. I posted a picture of myself with a, with the gay flag, the gay pride flag and the trans pride flag in my ponytail. And I posted a picture on Facebook saying, having a great time being queer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I put those flags in your
0: ponytail because we're best friends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's a good you chance. were there. I was there. So that's, that's us. Yeah. Uh, let's get into our gays. Yes.
1: Please, please teach me more about Sappho.
0: Okay. So Sappho of Lesbos was a Greek poet Mm -hmm. and she was active around like writing around 618 to 590 BC, um, which is when she was like doing all of her writing and stuff. She was probably born in 640 BC and probably died in 750 BC. uh, Definitely on the isle of Lesbos. She mostly wrote poetry that was meant to be sung. Um, and a lot of it is now lost, uh, aside from like some fragments, uh, one complete work, but most of it is just gone. Yeah. I wonder honestly, if more of her poetry would have survived if it hadn't been meant to be sung, but then I am reminded of Homer and how the Odyssey and the Iliad were also passed down, uh, vocally mm-hmm. and we got all of them. What do you know about Sappho? I'm pretty sure that Sapphic comes from her name. It does. Oh. It super, super does. So does lesbian. Well, not from her name, but uh, uh, lesbian comes from uh, her birthplace, Lesbos.
1: Oh, I thought it sounded familiar.
0: Yeah. Uh, So despite our, like... Commonly held beliefs that ancient Greece was really gay and everyone was Mm -hmm. gay and it was all fine. Um, I've heard that before. Yeah, women were still not allowed to be gay. Um, They were they were expected to um, marry a man and have family and be a housewife. And Sappho was taking risks in writing at all. Like uh, women were not supposed to be writers or scholars. Um, She was also writing for a female audience about female love. And I and I use the word female to mean like, mm-hmm. as they understood it at the time. Yes, and like w- women, yeah. people who identify as women. She's writing it for people who identify as women, writing about herself, a woman loving other women. Mm-hmm. Like she wrote about loving specific women. She wrote about loving all women. They're just, mm-hmm. ju- just, just. She was real gay. Mm-hmm. She was real gay. And the the thing about it is her work has always been controversial. It was controversial when she wrote it because she was a woman who was writing. Um though she was like Plato and Aristotle both like admired her work. Plato called her the 10th Muse, oh, that's which is nice. pretty cool. Yeah, like um Aristotle said she was acceptable for a woman. Ah, that
1: yeah, that was bigger than Yeah. Yep. That's nice. What okay. a gross boy. Okay, yes.
0: Yeah, so she's and and her her love of women has always been tried to like be pressed, like kept down um or or just stripped from her or erased. But like the one complete work that we have of hers, uh, her Ode to Aphrodite, she's basically begging Aphrodite to come down and help her bone a chick. Like <laughs> <laughs> It's really it's really rather blatant. She had there's very, very erotic imagery in her poetry. It's 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 ridiculous to think that this is not that this was like not her soul puked up on the page. Like I don't know. I I I I don't know if a straight person could write those words. Mm-hmm. Like perhaps you could pretend for a moment, but to produce so much poetry about your love of women, mm-hmm. she was gay, my dudes. Yeah. My my favorite article that I read um, said, well, she may have been a lesbian, or maybe the lesbian poetry was all that survived. Oh, okay. Okay, but even if just the lesbian stuff survived, that means most of what she wrote was gay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, the two things she wrote about the woods are gone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Her um, limerick
1: about, like, you know, wanting to bone a dude, just didn't survive. Yeah,
0: that one, that one we lost. Mm-hmm. But my, my favorite thing about that article uh, was liter- literally the next paragraph he quoted uh, one of her poems. May I present it to you now? Oh, please. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> I have not heard one word from her. Frankly, I wish I were dead. When she left, she wept a great deal. She said to me, this parting must be endured. Sappho, I go unwillingly.
1: Mm. Just
0: Gals being pals, just gals being pals, just a just um, a broken friendship, mm-hmm. or or um, maybe her girlfriend dumped her, you know. Yeah, th- maybe th- one of those. <laughs> uh, I also found an article on uh, New Yorker called "How Gay Was Sappho?" Oh,
1: how gay and was she? I
0: really enjoyed that article. Um, from what they concluded, pretty fucking gay. Mm-hmm. You'll notice that a lot of the language that I'm using is vague and I'm saying probably a mm-hmm. lot. It's because we don't actually know much about Sappho herself. Her mm-hmm. writing has survived and some like secondhand accounts have survived, but everything that we everything that we know about her life is pretty much mm-hmm. the word, like the wording in her poems and, and assumption and yeah. stuff. They think she had a daughter named Cleus, which probably means she was married, but then mm-hmm. again, she may have been unwed and that may have been another part of her controversy. Like then there's, there's another, there's another scholar who thinks that there were two Sappho's one who was a poet and one who was a slut. Like,
1: okay. There's,
0: there's really just no hard facts that I can give you, but she was super gay though. Mm -hmm. Well, she definitely had students or companions. Like there, there, there are references to her having students or companions and she definitely had like proteges that she taught and some scholars have tried to say that her poems were about them and, like, leading them. And, like, okay, but do you fuck your students? Okay, some of them do. But no-
1: <laughs> yeah. but it's not common. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> shouldn't be. It
0: shouldn't be. And then another scholar uh, argued that she actually led a female collective in instruction leading to marriage and readiness for wedlock. Uh, gross. Which is gross. Yeah. Because, like, was she... Are you saying she was like a predator? <laughs> like did she prey on these young women she was teaching? I don't know. Um that it's it's I just wish they would I wish they would just let her be gay. Just let her be mm-hmm. gay. Like her work is like her poems, it's some of the only surviving female writing from that time and from, from many ancient times because it just wasn't preserved, and we mm-hmm. only have two hundred and fifty fragments. Mm-hmm. Fragments of and she was A prolific writer, she performed constantly. Like she, she invented a type of poetry. Like she invented um, a schema that uh, includes four-line stanzas uh, that she used all the time. That are known as now as sapphic stanzas. And she also invented a kind of lyre and a and a uh, pick called a plectrum. That's really cool. It is cool. Is it still around today? I honestly, I honestly don't know. But she's always been controversial. Like, uh, there's a, there's this legend that early on in, in, in the church, her works were burned and a theologian described her as a sex-crazed whore who sings of her own wantonness, which is (laughs) just the best sentence. It sounded like it was really satisfying to say. Yeah, it was very satisfying to say. It does piss me off a little bit because, like, how many dudes were talking about the women they were fucking? Yeah. Um. All of it. That's modern art. Yeah. Not modern. Classic art. Ugh. Uh, Victorian scholars, like, loved her use of words and vowels and grammar, and were just desperately, desperately trying to explain away the, away the erotic imagery and the gay shit. Going back to the fact that we only have about 250 of her fragments, mm-hmm. uh, compiled right now, like, there, there are probably more that just haven't been found yet, um, but only about 70 completed lines of poetry, and again, only one complete work, The Ode to Aphrodite. She was- at the time thought of as Homer's counterpart okay like he was the poet she was the poetess mm-hmm. we have all of his work yeah or at least a lot of it I and it's completed and we read it in high school and we talk about it all the time and we have movies based off yeah. it like have I've you seen saw... Oh
1: Brother Where Art Thou I love "O Brother Where Art Thou
0: it's a very good movie yeah and it's based where's on my Homer? Sappho movie mm-hmm.
1: there I've actually is a, a movie <laughs> about feeding... Sappho
0: okay <laughs> It's um, it's called the leap of love. Um, we don't actually know how Sappho died. Um, she probably did not fling herself off a cliff, though. Okay. Which is what that movie's about, the leap of yeah. love. But like, how much, how much more would we we be influenced by her if we had her Odyssey or mm-hmm. her Iliad? Homer is so well known that when I was but a small child, I saw a wishbone about
1: some of his works. I saw a dog ah. dressed up. As an ancient Greek sailor coming home to his beautiful human wife. And (sighs) it was fine. Wait, the dog had a beautiful human wife? Penelope is a lady. Everyone's human. Oh, okay. Romeo and Juliet, it's a little weird. I never really watched
0: Wishbone. (gasps) Oh,
1: man. I just know he was a dog. (laughs) And one time he was Sherlock. I don't know. He was Sherlock? He was Romeo? He was... Robin Hood? Yeah. That's not the point of this podcast. It's really but not. The point of this podcast is I want a photogenic Jack Russell Terrier who knows how to do tricks, putting a garland of violets in his hair so that he can flirt
0: with a bunch of human ladies. She did kind of invent the iconography of violets being lesbians, you know, lesbians giving their lesbian lovers violets as if to say, I'm in love you. You're pretty gay. You. <laughs> Here, have this flower. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, may may I? Yes, please. I bring the beautiful gifts of the violet muses, girls. And I love that song lover, the sweet-toned lyre. My skin was delicate before, but now old age claims it. My hair turned from black to white. My spirit has grown heavy, knees buckle that could once dance light as fawns. I often groan, but what can I do? Impossible for humans not to age. For they say that rosy armed dawn in love went to the ends of the earth, holding Tithonos, beautiful and young, but in time, gray old age seized him, even with an immortal wife. So that is a poem
1: about being upset that you're growing old, because there there's are all these pretty ladies so many around pretty you. Girls around
0: you. That kind of to me makes me think she was constantly surrounded by young women, mm-hmm. so maybe she was. Like a matron at a boarding school or something, yeah. which is an article that I I read said that she was. Uh, and then there's also <clears throat> more violets. Uh, I said, go and be happy, but remember, you know well, whom you leave shackled by love. If you forget me, think of our gifts to Aphrodite and all the loveliness that we shared. All the violet tiaras, braided rosebuds, dill and crocus and tine in our young necks. Myrrh poured on your head, and on soft mats, girls with all that they wished for most beside them, while no voices chanted choruses without ours. No woodlot bloomed in spring without song.
1: Hmm, that's nice.
0: Yeah, it's really gay.
1: If My next date doesn't pour like, murr on my head. I'm going to be so disappointed.
0: On soft mats, girls with all that they wish most for beside them.
1: That's that's pretty gay. That's inc- yeah. That's, that's not. That's very
0: like... much like.
1: Yeah, that's like deep love. it's in- um, intensely like, romantic. Like, yeah. my heart
0: fluttered a little bit when I read that line. <laughs> <laughs> it, it frustrates me that anyone could read this and think that a straight person
1: wrote it. Yeah. They were just talking about sisterhood. Ugh. You know, that's always really bothered me. Um, the constant, like, trying... History trying to take uh, romantic feelings between anybody who isn't, like you know heteronormative straight. straight but especially but especially women because we're talking about Sappho's right now. Sappho right now anyone who takes that away and just says like oh it's just gals being pals they're just yeah. sisters like it makes it so hard to identify that in yourself because
0: mm-hmm. I growing up I always think like yeah everyone has girl crushes like looking in and seeing something but never ever seeing it mirrored outside of yourself mm-hmm. not seeing representation it hurts it makes it really hard I remember in high school, when someone once told me, like, a-
1: Allison, you're so great. I wish you were a boy so that I could date you. And I was so flattered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just mm-hmm. like,
0: "No, oh, that is the nicest compliment anyone mm-hmm. has ever given to me. <laughs>
1: what a shame that we were both tragically heterosexual.
0: <laughs> yeah, I used to have a friend where we would, like, hold hands and cuddle and joke that if we weren't straight if we weren't straight we'd totally she. be dating <laughs> she's super gay now too like right. <laughs> turns out we were gay then mm-hmm. this research um while it was it was like interesting and fun to learn it did leave me feeling a little sad that we don't know more about Sappho cuz mm-hmm. i feel like we do know quite a bit about Homer and we have like a ton of his work but there's yeah. this other person who was basically doing the same thing, and even a little bit after him. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe if... if, if, I was thinking, like, it would have made more sense if they were, like, at the same time it was like, oh, they were rivals, and they only kept him. But, like, no, they Mm -hmm. weren't. Like... They were part of the same
1: culture, but half of them just didn't get remembered.
0: I wonder why.
1: Yeah. Oh, I bet it's sexism. It's definitely sexism.
0: (laughs) It's also homophobia. Like, maybe if she wrote about her... Love of men, we'd have all of her shit. But um, do you do you feel like you learned something about Sappho here today? Did I, I do a good job? You Did a
1: very good job. I learned a lot. Okay, I and was worried because
0: I, I I was never good at studying um, when I was in high school, and I've never really done any research. Uh, you did amazing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did my best. I'm gonna try to take better notes next time, huh. <laughs> so I don't lose my place. <sighs> But yes, I really want to learn about Emily Dickinson. Okay. Because,
1: so, so, like, she's also a poet. Yes, they actually have a lot in common. But I'm going to start off with the things they don't have in common. Okay. The first one is that we know a lot about her life. And the second one is that... Rag. All of her poetry pretty much has been Ugh. kept. She has... Well, at least that's progress. <laughs> just under 1,800 <laughs> poems. Um, wow. I know, right? She was so prolific. That's a lot of poems. Mm-hmm. Um, only about 10 of them were... Um, actually published while she was alive, though. Hmm. After she died, um, her sister was going through her stuff. And, at you know, not in that creepy way. Like, in a, had, you died, a, and you have died, to get rid get of your stuff, stuff now? Mm-hmm. And they found all of her poems hand-sewn into little books that she had collected and curated herself. That's later on in my notes. I just got oh, excited. Well. The um, Her but, sister-in-law and
0: one of her acquaintances... But she only published ten of them when she was alive?
1: And scholars don't think that those ten were necessarily authorized. I think that they were sent out by other people and then heavily edited to conform to the current standards of what they see in poetry. They got rid That's of the like so the fun syntax and, and that kind of thing.
0: Huh.
1: Um her sister in law, I believe, I didn't write that part down, but I thought, I'll remember it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, and her one of her acquaintances published her first book of poems just shortly after she died, a few years after she died. Um, but then her poems weren't released in an unaltered state until 1955. So you didn't get a chance to read, like, all of Actual Emily Dickinson's Emily Dickinson? work until wow. the mid-50s. Wow. But let me back up a little bit. Please do. Who <laughs> was Emily Dickinson? Um, She was born in Amherst, Massachusetts in 1830. So about the same time when Victorians were talking about how Sappho used vowels really well.
0: But definitely wasn't gay. Yeah, that
1: Mm -hmm. she came squalling into the world, um, (laughs) as most babies do. Uh, By all accounts, she was a very bright, smart, curious person. Um, She went to Amherst Academy. She loved school. Um, She did miss a lot of school. as She was growing up due to illnesses. But by all accounts, she was a huge nerd for science, which I love. There are letters of her to a friend named Abia Root about how much she loved her botany class. And it says, have you made an herbarium yet? If I hope you will, if you have not, it would be such a treasure to you. And then the same source I found said that she kept the herbarium, which is the, um, it's like a bunch of pressed flowers and plants that are neatly labeled and diagrammed. Um, oh, she kept that okay. for the rest of her life. And That's she,
0: very this cool. was from when
1: she was like 13 or 14 or something like that. High schooly. She was so I wish I got cool. to do
0: that in high school. Yeah.
1: Hey, after this, let's make herbarians. Herbariums. I don't probably. know if I want to. <laughs> okay. We're just going to need to go in your neighborhood and pick a lot of flowers and then come back here and put them underneath. Heavy books. Okay,
0: the only heavy books I own are my D and D books, and just... I use them constantly. Okay,
1: I'll take them to my home, and I have a lot of heavy books because. Tell me more
0: about Emily Elizabeth. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go into my books later. Okay,
1: this we'll, is go, very we'll go into
0: our next art project mm-hmm. a little later. Yes,
1: but her fascination with the natural world definitely shows up in her work. They're either about nature or ladies. Yep, or both. We'll get to that in just a little bit. The interesting part about her fascination with science is that she didn't really view it as the be all end all. She loved science and she appreciated it, but she seemed to always be interested in like a beauty or sacredness behind the science that we usually um, just aren't able to explain. Like you can explain why when you go out somewhere beautiful and look at a huge vista, why you're brain gets all quiet and your heart does that thing that it does Mm -hmm. Um, but she seemed to be more interested in just like embracing that thing that your heart does when you see something wonderful
0: that's really beautiful
1: she is probably most famous in addition to being an incredible poet who um, did things that had never been done before Um, probably most famous for being a recluse have you heard that Emily Dickinson
0: is a little bit of a private person Um, given that you just told me that she probably never wanted to publish any of her poetry ever. Yeah, I figured she was a little private, yeah. and I got a little rankled, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I felt a little guilty. Yeah. like shouldn't be
1: enjoying her poetry. They I'm glad nice. that
0: her poetry is in the world, because she's important, and her poetry is wonderful. But also, yeah, it feels a little disrespectful. Yeah. I'm not really sure how much
1: of her... So these are just my yeah.
0: um,
1: own... Uh, interpretations. Okay. So, um, what no, I'm, I'm not, about to say, I'm is not it,
0: saying that, like, oh, I wasn't saying We're that we're like disrespecting. If you read Emily yeah. Dickinson's poetry, you're disrespecting her. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like it's published. Please enjoy it. I just, mm-hmm. I, I always think that we should be questioning, yeah, the what harm was the intent. that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the impact of what we intended to do mm-hmm. it makes me feel better. I'm not going to read a lot of poems today, but
1: I am going to read some very romantic letters um, in Yay. a bit. In a bit. Um, I'm not pushing you. (laughs) Let me build up to it. Okay, okay, tell me more, tell me more. (laughs) Um, But my theory, which is based on not being an Emily Dickinson Scholar, but instead doing some Googling for like an hour earlier Mm -hmm. today, um, is that she isn't as much of an eccentric artist, capital E, capital A, as people make her out to be. She was definitely an eccentric artist, but I feel like that story sells really well, and so that's why Mm -hmm. that's what's repeated about her. Like, yes, she was preoccupied by death, and she stopped leaving her home, and she wore only white. These are all things. Maybe she was a little (laughs) bit of an eccentric artist. These are all facts. (laughs) But the point I was making (laughs) is... But it's (laughs) not like she was crazy. (laughs) She didn't cut herself off from everybody. Mm -hmm. She um, spent a lot of time uh, with people in her life. Um, Her brother, um, just your love with her, her sister-in-law, Susan, who, I don't know, maybe there's a little more than being just a sister-in-law? We'll find out in just a little bit.
0: Ooh! A, <laughs> a I don't know. know. To me, it kind of just sounds like she was a, a germaphobe. Yeah. Like, wearing all white to make sure that you can see dirt if mm-hmm. it gets on you, not leaving your house. Like, I don't leave my house a mm-hmm. lot. I think that's fine. Yeah, I think so too. Anyone who doesn't conform to what society expects of people is always labelled as crazy or
1: Or there's no help, you're definitely Ill. going to hell. Do you know why I brought that example up? No. After she graduated from Amherst Academy, uh, she went to um the Mount Holyoke female seminary for a year. It's a very Calvinistic time. Um, do you wanna go into Calvinism? Because I can. Um, okay. let's not
0: do that actually right now. <laughs> maybe, maybe if, well, if you're going to use the word Calvinistic, I think okay. maybe a brief explanation of what that means would All right. be useful. Yeah.
1: So essentially I might be getting this wrong. I did get a, um, C in my, um, my, high, my college, uh, religion Christianity class but that was only because I didn't turn in a lot of the homework, but Calvinism essentially was like predeterminism uh, God already knows who's going to heaven and who isn't and that choice is already. Okay, been made. so your your life is laid out before you you're just mm-hmm. here to live through it. Yes.
0: Okay. And that's exactly.
1: Gotcha. It's probable that I'm missing some nuance there. Eh, it's fine. But um the school there placed the students into three categories established Christians, okay. expressed hope, and those without hope.
0: Oh, Can you guess God.
1: which one our very good friend Emily Elizabeth Dickinson I found feel like she in. was
0: probably in the bad one She
1: was without hope um, One of her students Her fellow students, her classmates Talked about a time in the chapel Or something when they asked All who wanted to be Christians to rise To accept the Lord Jesus Christ into their heart As their personal savior And Emily didn't And she was probably the only one Who didn't at that time. Uh-huh. Um, and she said, they thought it queer that I didn't rise, but she added with a twinkle in her eye, according to this source that I read, I thought it would, a lie would be queer. She didn't mean queer as, like, you know, a gay way, but I thought at it was appropriate. At the time, yeah.
0: it just meant strange uh, and unusual. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, like, a lot of rich white women in that time period, it was okay for her to get more of a higher education and learn yeah. a lot. But then, once you're done with school, you are expected to just be a homemaker. So she went. So she had
0: like grew up. She grew fairly up fairly wealthy. She.
1: It's not clear as if to sh- if they were wealthy, wealthy, but she was um, from a p- fairly prominent family.
0: Her okay. father so she...
1: ended up being in Congress. Um, okay, and they were like, did a lot for Amherst. Okay, so, so she was. She had a lot of privileges. She had if a lot not of wealthy, narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and white. Yeah. Which opens a lot of doors. Yeah, it
0: super does. So she, she graduated and She graduated,
1: was... she came back home, and she started writing lots of letters to her friends about how much she hated housework. hmm She was expected to receive and pay visits almost constantly to keep her social standing. And that- so when she, eventually she sort of started saying no, started saying like, no, nah, you can't come over. I'm not going to visit you. Um, She kept a lot of the tasks she wanted to keep doing. Like she still worked in her garden and baked a lot, but she's like, I'm not going to do the housework I don't want to do. Like dusting. I'm not going to dust anymore. You can't make me, Emily Dickinson, dust. You dust if you want it to be so not dusty so bad. She said that. <laughs> <laughs> Those exact words? Yes. I'm quoting. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I'm lying. Most of her relationships with people were through correspondence, okay. um, which was great for us. That is super great for us. Yeah. Emily's older brother, Austin, married Susan Gilbert in 1856. Susan Gilbert is a good name. Yes. Her name is Susan Huntington Gilbert Dickinson. Jesus, that's a name and a half. Yeah. And Susan is the woman that most people believe that Emily had a passionate
0: romance for.
1: Oh, Yes. Let me That's tell you more why. about Susan. I
0: wondered why you brought up Susan so yes. much.
1: Susan was also born in Amherst in 1830, just nine days after Emily was born. Oh. It was, you know, the same astrological sign. So everything I've told you so far is more or less what we're taught in class. Uh, yeah. Maybe a little bit more details, but nothing too surprising.
0: Like up to Susan? Yes. Okay.
1: Well, they mentioned Susan. Susan was one of her best friends and confidants. I see. Yes.
0: You're a friend and a confidant. It's my favorite song. <laughs> Isn't it about Emily Dickinson and Susan? <laughs> <laughs> but what we don't learn
1: in history or English class quite as often is how stupid gay Emily Dickinson's poems and letters were to her best friend and gal pal Susan. Now, usually I'm not super comfortable about speculating about. Sexuality without the person's consent, which Absolutely. makes it hard. When someone died over like 170 years like ago, like a long ass yeah. time ago. Like she real dead, and her skeleton is dead. Her
0: skeleton fought in the skeleton war, and then was also dead. Now, yeah.
1: Now she's just a ghost. But the ghost died of old age. Anyway, <laughs> she's very.
0: Long she's dead. lived her three stages of life: mm-hmm. flesh, skeleton, ghost. She's done. <laughs> <laughs> We're very sorry to Emily Dickinson and her estate. I love you. Yeah. We know you're not a ghost. Because you died a full day and just ago. Okay, okay. Continue. Continue. Tell me tell me more facts. Um, I love you.
1: So, let me actually tell you more about Susan Playton Gilbert Dickinson. Okay. She was the daughter of a tavern keeper, but both of her parents died in her childhood. So, I think her mom died when she was eight-ish and her dad died when she was 10-ish. I did Mm. not write this down. So she lived with her older sister for a while and she also spent a lot of time in New York to live with her aunt, with her younger sister as well. Eventually uh, she left school. She spent a lot of time in Amherst, got um, brought into Emily Dickinson's social circle and that's how they met. They became very good
0: friends. So Emily and Susan were friends before Susan married Emily's brother. Yes, Oh, no.
1: both how interesting. Emily and um, Austin fell for Deeply. the same woman. Mm-hmm. And since it was the 1800s, you marry the guy mm-hmm. if you have to. Um, but by all accounts, Susan was fiercely independent, refused to be confined by expectations, and very, very smart. She actually um, spent a year teaching math in Baltimore. Um, really, which is where a lot of the letters we got come from, because there's a lot of Emily saying, the time. "I really miss you." Yeah.
0: Do you have examples of letters? I for do.
1: Us? Oh my goodness. Sorry, so, I'm not
0: trying to rush you. This no, is, I'm I, just. This is fascinating. Do
1: not feel rushed. So while Susan or Susie was in Baltimore, um, Emily wrote the following letter to her. I wept a tear here, Susie, on purpose for you because. The sweet silver moon smiles on me and Vinny. Vinny is her sister, Lavinia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes s- far, so far before it gets to you. And then you never told me if there was any moon in Baltimore. How do I know, Susie, that you see her sweet face at all? She looks like a fairy tonight, sailing around the sky in a little silver gondola with stars for gondoliers. I asked her to let me ride a little while ago and told her I would get out when she got as far as Baltimore, but she only smiled to herself and went sailing on. You know, like how you talk to sisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think she was quite ungenerous, but I have learned the lesson and shan't ever ask her again. Today it rained at home. Sometimes it rained so hard that I fancied that you could hear its patter, 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 as it fell upon the leaves, and the fancy pleased me so that I sat and listened to it and watched it earnestly. Did you hear it, Susie, or was it what only fancy? By and by, the sun came out, just in time to bid us goodnight, and as I told you sometime, the moon is shining now.
0: So that's part of it. Even, like, just her letters are poetry. Mm-hmm. Like, do we have other poems of hers? Did she write to other people and and in different ways? Like, it was did she write uniquely to Susan like this?
1: I'm not sure because I did not Google that part, but um, there is some there's some thought that she did um, write to others mm-hmm. uh, as well. Like
0: I would assume since so, yes. that's how you talk to people in the mm-hmm. yeah in the 1800s. There actually right? are some. That's yes. A, right. Okay. I did it. Good job. I don't remember dates very well. <laughs>
1: I have a letter that she wrote to her brother Mm -hmm. right after her brother got engaged to Susan. Oh. And it is snarky as heck. Oh, please share. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to read this entire thing because, you know. It's It's long? We only have so much time. Yeah. I have a lot of real gay shit I want to read out loud. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But so she starts by saying, How chipper you must be since any of us have seen you. I hope you've been made happy. And then she starts talking about terrible thing she wants to happen to him um (laughs) she says you deserve hot irons and that kind of thing um and then she ends with dear austin i am keen but you are a good deal keener i am something of a fox but you are more of a hound i guess we are very good friends though and i guess we both love susie just as well as we can only the thing is most of susie's name has been struck out and in all of her letters to her brother whenever she mentions susie it looks like someone has erased it or done something as if to say, I'm really not pleased with my sister being so in love with my wife. Maybe that's how mm, I interpret mm. it. I'm not like, a like Dickinsonian. Who like who erased it? So I'm getting a lot of this information from a article about a book. The book yeah. is called "Open Me Carefully," which was a 1998 book uh, that contained all of Emily Dickinson's intimate letters to Susan Huntington Dickinson, uh-huh. um, and then shortly afterwards there was a review on the new york times with excerpts and so that's where i'm getting it and okay. so the people who edited that book are the ones who made notes that say things like affectionate references to susan are erased although kindly references to lavinia remain untouched um that kind of thing any references has been altered or erased so that's just what the notes on that say
0: so, That's so interesting. It's interesting. I don't yeah.
1: want to like say correlation, causation, that kind of thing. But I can dream. Cause I am a dreamer. You are a dreamer. You say that a lot. I know because it's true. It's important <laughs> okay. for people to know it. <laughs> I spent the entire morning reading love letters by Emily yeah. Dickinson, and it mm-hmm. just it put me in some kind of a like a very some type of way. Mm-hmm, it's nice. <laughs> Susie, did you think that I would never write you when you were gone away? What made you? I am sure that you know my promise far too well for that had I never said so, I would be constrained to write for what shall separate us from any whom we love, not height or depth. There was actually a part about, um, ooh, this one, this is an excerpt that's super extra gay. Okay. This, this has devolved a little past storytelling and into just like, look how gay Emily yeah, Dickinson is. Yeah, that's fine. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> so she wrote this on a Sunday morning when she was staying home from church. The bells are ringing, Susie, north and east and south in your own village bell, and the people who love God are expecting to go to meeting. Don't you go, Susie, not to their meeting, but come with me this morning to the church within our hearts, where the bells are always ringing, and the preacher whose name is love shall intercede for us there. It's a very romantic way of saying, hey, skip church. Let's hang out. You know. Yeah. Mm Wow. Wow. I don't know how people actually spoke to their friends in those days, Mm -hmm. but I mean, there is a depth of
0: there. There is, there is an intimacy there that is deeper than friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, and I bet if we looked up some of her other letters, uh, it'd be a little to to friends or, or loved ones, it would be Mm -hmm. far less romantic. Um, that was really beautiful. Thank you for sharing those. Of course. And one letter, Emily writes about how
1: it's very, very great and wonderful that she doesn't fall prey to all of the whiskers and the gallant men that are around her. So, <laughs> that her heart break. Okay.
0: <laughs> so basically she said,
1: isn't it great to be gay? <laughs> I guess I'm made with nothing but a heart of stone for it doesn't break any. But Dear Susie, if mine is stony, then yours is stone upon stone for you never yield any.
0: <laughs> I love this.
1: Yeah. Um. Oh. So I could just keep going. I think our new podcast is just us reading weren't Emily you, Dickinson. Actually, at weren't you telling
0: me that she had a, a sapphic poem that you wanted she to share? Did?
1: Uh well. Mainly, she 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 did definitely have a couple of poems, and some. Sc- Sources that are somewhere buried in the tabs, I can't tell mm-hmm. you who exactly it is, um, speculated that in some of her poems, like, she's were changed into he's and that kind of thing. I mean, that's mm-hmm.
0: throughout all of history, he's have been changed into she's and vice versa mm-hmm. uh, by editors. Yeah. Fuck editors. you, editors.
1: Yeah, whoever's editing this podcast better get it right. It's Shan. It's Shan. Shan's editing this. Guys. I'm going
0: to push you. I'm not. (laughs) He's uh,
1: giving me some angry eyes, and I'm very uncomfortable right now.
0: Look, you're fine. Okay. I'm not mad.
1: This is her most famous super gay poem. Wild nights, wild nights, where I with thee, wild nights should be our luxury. Feudal the winds to a heart in port, done with the compass, done with the chart. Rowing in Eden, ah, the sea, might I but more tonight in thee. A pretty gay though. It's pretty gay. Um, Eden was pretty much only used to refer to women at yeah. that time. It wasn't a masculine energy at all. Going okay. into Eden, morning, tonight, and somebody. You know. Okay. There's another one. Um, Her breast is fit for pearls, but I was not a diver. Her brow is <sighs> fit for thrones, but I have not a crest. Her heart is fit for home. I, a sparrow, build there. Sweet twigs entwine my perennial nest. Yeah,
0: I know we're trying to stay away from the immediate reaction of, wow, that's gay, but wow, yeah. that's gay. Yeah, right?
1: <laughs> I mean, there's definitely... We could be, like, good literary scholars and talk Meh. more about different implications of things.
0: Eh, it's pretty gay. You know, There's there's so much... There's so much assumed straightness in the world already. Mm-hmm. I would far rather go into this podcast with assumed gayness. Yeah. I'm just tired of assuming everything is straight all the time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's think mm-hmm. of everything yeah. as because I'm gay. Hey, we have so much in common. My, like, most of my friends are gay. Yeah, I think I have, like, a straight friend. I have a straight friend and I do a podcast with him. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's called Shaniel. <laughs> you can I'm find it wherever it's
1: promoting. <laughs> I'm not going to go into that much detail and read everything, but there are a lot of mentions of Violet's in her works and her letters. Yeah. Which as we discussed is the gay flower. It is the it's the specifically the the
0: the, the lady gay flower. Yeah.
1: And there were more um meanings of it in the time. But I like yeah. to imagine that maybe it was gay
0: on purpose.
1: <laughs> um, Emily died at the age of 55 of kidney disease, and oh. Susan is the one who dressed her for the burial. Oh. She placed Gosh. flowers around her. Um, Emily was buried in a white coffin surrounded with vanilla-scented heliotrope, a lady slipper orchid, and a bouquet of blue field violets. Hmm um and then at her request instead of driving her coffin to the burial plot she had it carried through fields of buttercups which just kind of sounds nice
0: wow she's so
1: extra and i loved her
0: well, i don't know if I that's think...
1: extra it's very sweet
0: you know i i like the idea of the last thing your mortal body doing on this earth is like walking through a field of flowers mm-hmm. that is nice or being carried through that's very yeah that's very peaceful and honestly for the um for those uh, in the procession, mm-hmm. very beautiful. Yeah,
1: and then your body and turns into a skeleton.
0: Extremely extra. Your skeleton no, turns into skeleton. We're a not going to do that again. <laughs> we're not going to do that again. Let's. We were talking about Emily Elizabeth Dickinson's death. Let's it respect, was Beautiful. Be respectful. It was beautiful and very extra. Um, I like that she planned her own funeral.
1: Yeah, that's very cool.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to plan my yes. own funeral Me too. What do you think
1: her Myers Briggs personality type indicator is? I think she's an INFP.
0: Okay. Cool.
1: We're in agreement then. <laughs> yeah. Listeners, I think send her an email to neutral, vintage lesbians <laughs> or vintage lesbians pod at gmail. You could just send it to both. Actually, um, she's a bard. She's chaotic good. She followed the rules she wanted to follow.
0: Yeah, chaotic good. Yeah, exactly. It she's. Did.
1: She's anyway continue. <laughs> If you want to tell me more so about...
0: She- <laughs> so she went through a field of buttercups. <laughs> yeah, and
1: that, that was it. That was my clincher. Yeah. Yeah. So that is more
0: details about someone that we've learned all about in English class in yeah. high school and middle school. So when I suggested Emily Dickinson to you via text, you got very, very excited. Because I'm in love with Emily Dickinson. Yeah. She's my girlfriend, as mentioned before. Have you always, like... When did when did that love I feel appear like in your life?
1: When I first started um learning about her. Yeah. I I didn't know just quite how gay she was. Did I you just... know how gay you were? <laughs> That's fair. You know what? <laughs> I didn't. Um, but I feel like there's just she was the first person to do so many things to poetry. Yeah. She changed everything. She didn't follow any of the rules. She just did what sounded good. Her poems don't all rhyme exactly the same. There's weird dashes and stuff and she just sort of it feels more like she's just letting the poems spring out from her instead of sitting down to write a poem. Mm -hmm.
0: And I've always really appreciated that. That's Mm -hmm. really beautiful. Do you have a favorite Emily Dickinson poem? I don't know. I don't know. I don't
1: know. There's just so many good ones. Yeah. Also I made a note I wanted to talk about why she did everything um, in writing because mm-hmm. I very much resonate with that. I feel like yeah. I'm way better at writing and mm-hmm. than speaking um, because it does a lot better job of me being able to express like who I am on the inside. It makes me feel my things that I write feel more me than things that I speak, if that makes sense. And I feel like it was probably similar for Emily if she chose to do so many things that way.
0: I, I absolutely agree. I often prefer um, a text conversation to a mm-hmm. spoken one. Uh, even if it's like very, very important and emotional, like mm-hmm. my, I just had a, like a big important emotional talks with my long distance girlfriend and we did it all via text. yeah. So we were both able to like step back as we needed
1: mm-hmm. and
0: compose our thoughts and then come back as okay. we were ready. And I feel like, yeah, um, Emily would have been Real great in the information age. Yeah, she would have killed <laughs> she it on Twitter.
1: Loved
0: aim. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So Emily Dickinson, a little misunderstood, a little bit of an extra eccentric artist, but maybe not as much as we're taught. And a I little feel bit like extra most gay. of
0: the time when people say eccentric, it means misunderstood and ignored. Mm-hmm. It's a little different than what's normal for him. yeah. Mm-hmm. You're different, so we're gonna call you names. Um, mm-hmm. I identify so hard with Emily Dickinson now, right? Oh, she's like, pretty. oh. I also ne- don't like leaving my house.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I have, I don't like to wear white. All of my clothes are black. I don't know if you. That's noticed. just because you're um edgy and cool. And yeah, that's mm-hmm. that is true. I think Emily Dickinson was pretty edgy and cool, though. Yeah. You just told me she broke all the rules. She was a fucking like she was her she was doing mm-hmm. punk poetry. That's what she was doing. She was doing
1: punk poetry.
0: Like all these all people who bring like that's isn't that what punk is? Bringing the rules of music. Um I I love that. I also I um I used to write poetry uh a lot when I was younger, and it was all very, very free verse. Mm-hmm. Like nothing ever rhymed, there were like my, the only thing I did was like, I, as long as it like sounded good and it had the beat in my ear or whatever. Um, so it's interesting to know that that's most of what, cause I don't really remember any of Emily Dickinson's poems. I just remember liking them a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so yeah. it's interesting to find out that I had a similar writing style. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. So I think we just recorded our first podcast I think we did I think that's episode one we're we're at a little over an hour um and there's a couple minutes I'm probably gonna end up uh cutting out Mm -hmm. um but I think I think that's that's it how do you feel I
1: feel good yeah I feel connected more to our ancestors as (laughs) than previously discussed
0: I am excited for next week yeah I wonder what we'll talk about I'm
1: hungry for knowledge. So going on, we're probably just going to have one person per podcast to talk about. We did two. This we time, did if that two this sense. time
0: because there's just not a ton of information about Sappho, and mm-hmm. we wanted to give you a nice meaty episode to jump into at first. Yeah, and now um, you get to hear
1: both of our. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and also they're pretty related, both being both being mm-hmm. po- poets. Um, yeah, uh, the, people those... reading things like that and saying,
1: "Oh, isn't that nice? How huh? girls used to be friends yeah. with each other." So.
0: Female friendship is so intimate. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, uh, it'll generally be one one historical figure per episode unless we come across another two that are intimately related Mm -hmm. like that. Um, If you have suggestions for people that we should research, please let us know. Mm -hmm. Um, Make sure you subscribe and uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Vintage Lesbians.
1: I love you. Goodbye. (laughs) I I think
0: it is, yeah.
1: (laughs) I love you. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs)